Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Backlot with Lot 1. In this week's episode, we're visited by Kayla Gutierrez. We talked to her about her life during COVID, how her master's program at Chapman University has been affected, and how her and her fellow students are dealing with how their school is dealing with it. We also just kind of hang out and uh, catch up a little bit. So I hope that you guys enjoy the episode. I know that we sure did. And I hope that you will join us in two weeks again as we explore another topic. Anyway, without further ado, take it away, me. Okay, cut. Reset, reset, reset. Ready? Ready. Quiet on set. And action. Welcome to another episode of The Backlot with Lot 1. This is episode 7 with special guest Kayla Gutierrez. Kayla, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. Hi, I'm Kayla Gutierrez. Did that pick up? Hello. No, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, well, hello, I'm Kayla Gutierrez. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm also joined today by Harley. Hi, guys. And Chris. Actually, you know what? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Harley, I swear to God, man. I couldn't breathe. I'm sorry, okay? You are Uh, destroying this podcast. I'm fucking sorry. I'm sorry. Hi, guys. Uh, Hi, Kayla. It's nice to see you again. Hi, good to see you, too. (laughs) His video really is just, like, ten seconds behind at all times. All right, fine. Okay, here. I can also definitely hear him hitting his desk or something. I told you. I'll keep my hands off there. I'm sorry. It's my elbows. It wouldn't be a lot one podcast if we didn't have to worry about hardly hitting a table (laughs) uh and i'm also joined today by mr christopher henley hello uh let's just catch up a little bit kayla again welcome to the podcast uh love to have you on uh what have you been up to lately well yes again thank you for having me um so Two days ago, I had submitted my last finals, and I have just completed my first year of grad school. So, yay. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Um, I'm moving places, so just kind of getting ready for summer and getting ready for my next year of grad school. That's kind of where we're at. And then, um, so yeah, besides that, I had, besides finishing school, I had just finished up on a project over winter break i had directed a tv a thesis tv pilot for my school and we had just finished up post-production for that and then now we're getting ready to go over some edits for the trailer of it's complicated uh on the topic of the trailer uh that will be released very shortly after uh this podcast episode is released as of recording we did not have a firm date yet because we are still uh, in the middle, by which I mean at the very beginning, of re-editing that for release this time around. Um, and as sometimes happens when you don't touch a Premiere Pro project for about a year, uh, sometimes you log in and you open the project and you're like, okay, I can just get started from where I was. And then the sequence that you were editing the film in just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so... And it that doesn't happened. have to do anything with the fact that you just wiped your hard drive because you got a new computer. I I nope. have all of the footage. 
and we were gonna we were gonna basically start from scratch anyways. Mm. So it just means we have a possibility for a new edit. Exactly, everything is fine. We're gonna go into this as fresh as you possibly can. Okay. Fresh, fresh eyes, fresh timeline. Exactly. Oh, fresh. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about everyone else? What have you guys been up to in the last two weeks? Uh, well, I've been having fun. I've been staying inside, uh, a lot like everybody else right now. Um. I think for me, it was kind of crazy. I kept working, I think, as we talked about, like, last time. And I've been actually able to do some pretty fun art projects uh, coming out these past couple weeks. Uh, Kayla, you and I were kind of talking about it before, but uh, I'm still in school, so it's kind of like I'm still making school projects. So it's like having to switch everything over to, like, a a Zoom format to fit my film, you know, assignments is is kind of a, a a new but also very exciting experience. Um, I was able to assist on uh, UCR's first uh, Zoom uh, Zoom casted play. It was live streamed, um, and I was able to assist with a lot of the technical support for that. And honestly, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. And it's really fun to see people adapting everywhere to COVID nineteen in such fun, innovative ways. Because uh, yeah, they had um, they had they had the cast had a blast doing it. That you know they had a blast. Uh, acting and then i think everybody including the foley artists had a real good time doing it too so it was a real positive experience and i can't wait to see more stuff like that come out that sounds great chris yeah i've been working full time um getting a promotion at work turning into a shift manager um which will be really nice because uh, my goal is to focus on uh bettering my leadership skills what a better way to do that than at starbucks um Mm -hmm. And just been editing, trying to find a new roommate for our house, getting the house back to where in, in better shape. But, you know, keeping on your butt to get continue the edits because we have strict deadlines that we're trying to reach. But um, I will have you know, I edit at least a little bit every single day. OK, OK. I believe you. <laughs> I, I can see the work happening. Um, and yeah, just working at the studios, too. We went to the studios yesterday and worked on the offices so there's yes i was also there mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. harley was definitely there totally <laughs> uh so i guess let's go ahead and get into kind of the main reason that we brought kaylee here today uh you mentioned uh your life at chapman and you know how things have been going there a little bit let's talk about kind of how you got into uh chapman your life you know post undergrad essentially yeah. How do you make the choice to go in that direction, I guess? So for me, I've only been doing filmmaking for a little bit. It was my third year in undergrad and where I switched majors. There's literally a moment uh, where I just kind of said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I've always kind of been interested in it in some shape or form. And so I just kind of <laughs> hit the ground running and went all in for it. So I've only been doing making films for a couple of years and for me, I feel like there's still a lot more for me to learn just because I was mm-hmm. so new to it. And I had always kind of had the idea of wanting to continue my education with it. Because um, a little background for me, I'm from the Coachella Valley and no one really makes films over here. Like it's not really a thing. Like in high school, we had theater and that was kind of it. And so I did have like a small theater background, like very small theater background. <laughs> um, but yeah, film, filmmaking, the idea of filmmaking 
never really came across to me until college. And so for me, just because it was so new, I really wanted to continue my education. The year where I did apply to schools, I wasn't really sure because um, I was going through a lot of stuff personally. Um, I deal with a lot of like anxiety and and that year it was kind of like a little rough patch for me. It was very intense. Um, it was affecting my day to day life at that time. and. I wasn't sure if I'd even be able to continue undergrad. Like that's kind of how bad it got. But I also just kind of had another moment where I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it. Like, why not? And it was a little last minute decision. Um, I had only about a month. And so what I did is I did some research and I picked one school. I said, you know, if I'm gonna go for an application, I'm just gonna do one and put like my all into it. And so after some research I had chosen, I was like, okay, you know what? Chapman, I really want to go to Chapman. So I'm just going to apply to Chapman. And I had did everything for it. So in that month I had written a personal statement, a statement of intent. I did a thesis film treatment and I had did my short film Indio Dreams for it. So I got that all in a month and my application process was kind of me allowing myself to kind of like delve into like what I was going through at the moment and as a form of expression. And it it worked out because I got in, um, I got into the school, I got a, a, a fellowship. So that definitely helps a little bit in paying for school because it is definitely expensive. The expense of going to grad school was definitely a concern because your girl ain't got that kind of money. For me, I feel like it was definitely a stronger opportunity because I don't personally have that many connections into the industry and going to somewhere like Chapman I felt like that would help me personally because I could go home into the desert not really do too much and just try to make money or I could try to push forward and try to make as much as I can in an environment um, that definitely like enhances that so so yeah going to grad school for me was mainly me wanting to learn more and practice my skill more because I did not feel ready to go and apply to the industry just yet. It was very fresh. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely feel the same way on on the answer or you saying you didn't feel ready for the industry. Even to this day, I feel more than I did when graduating, but definitely when graduating, I was like I'm not ready. I need grad school. I've only done 2 years of film. I'm not ready for this. So I completely understand those fears. I was actually going to ask Kayla. Um, so, what was it that made that made you? Because you know, like uh, we talk about a lot as undergrads, but that that way, that weight that you have, that scale that you have to try to balance whether or not you're going to go to grad school or if you're going to try to go into the industry. But what, for you personally, what was it that really solidified uh, the decision not to try to go into the industry? Because we have a lot of friends and stuff like that who you know went out there and tried or are doing their best to do freelance work. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think mainly the decision for me was um, the time of what was going on for me. Um, for me, filmmaking, it's definitely a way I feel like I know how to express myself. I struggle with my words, if you couldn't tell already. <laughs> but I feel like through film is a way of like me communicating and getting across. And so I didn't want to let go of that. I didn't really know how much like where the funds would be for me like honestly like I was really concerned of like oh I'd probably have to move back into the to the desert and I would lose yeah. all of my resources you know like 
I would have to make like my parents act for me. <laughs> like, and I didn't, mm-hmm. and I really just kind of wanted to push forward. And so I think with everything that was happening with me that year, um, I was really scared and I wasn't sure because, I mean, in a way, I was kind of banking on going into school because if I didn't get in, then who knows what I would be doing. Because applying to grad school for me, since especially since I only applied to one school, it wasn't such a solid yes because they could have easily turned me down and then I would be doing something else. But for me... It was a leap of faith. Yeah, it literally was a leap of faith. Thank you. Those are the perfect words. <laughs> See, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, I struggle with words sometimes. Um, but No, but I, I feel what you're saying about grad school, though. They say that undergrad is where you learn your skills and grad school is where you practice your artistry. So I definitely, if you if your goal is to connect with yes. people, I definitely see what you're saying. Yes, and I think what you said is kind of exactly what I'm enjoying about going to grad school because undergrad was me learning the foundations, learning the basics. Um, and me going to grad school, I'm really able to kind of practice getting into what makes me unique as a filmmaker and what is my style and that's really what i'm finding right now and that's also why i wanted to go to grad school because i don't think i knew my personal style yet and i just really wanted more practice under like the guidance of like faculty members and other students who are also learning so yeah but literally it was a leap of faith for me um i just said grad school would be great let's see if i can do it <laughs> You told us about, like, why you wanted to go to grad school in the first place. Uh, What have you gotten out of it so far? Oh, I feel like I've definitely learned a lot. Um, I already have at least eight scripts I've written, even though they're short scripts, um, a bunch of a bunch of new like story ideas that I probably wouldn't have discovered if I wasn't pushed to do so in the way I was. Definitely networking, network networking has been a big thing. Developing my ana- analytical skills in film one and two, just starting to understand a little stronger what my personal style is. With school, I have to do a bunch of projects. Um, I've done a bunch of couple of little short films. I've written a bunch of scripts. Um, there was a, an assignment I had to do. And we had to come up with like 10 story concept ideas. And I think for me, just being forced to put out so much con- content, I guess you can say, or like work, really challenged me and has really helped me kind of start to see like what I gravitate towards. Um, what do I write when I'm not, when I just let my mind write, you know, like without having to like overthink things. And so for me, just having someone say like, these are assignments you need to do and working a bunch and just kind of getting story ideas and projects out there. So do you think that even for someone who necessarily uh, isn't at grad school, either because they didn't get accepted or they couldn't afford it or whatever, that maybe just doing that, making a bunch of stuff, getting really into it and really disciplined and putting out as many things as they can as like as quickly as they can like do you think that that is probably a really good way to learn and get a similar experience in a way yes um i think the more you do the more you learn and i think that's Mm -hmm. one thing that's amazing um the only difference about being at school is you're around like this hub of people who are constantly doing the same thing as you and so when I'm at school, we have two buildings 
dedicated towards filmmaking. So you're literally walking the halls and everyone there is breathing filmmaking. It is a slightly different, uh, I think if you aren't in school and you still are practicing that and you have people you could reach out to, like you have a connection, a group of friends or like a network that you can share your work with. Yes, you can kind of get like the same same thing going mm-hmm. with that kind of environment yeah yeah so pushing it forward doing film and community yes. are two really big aspects of <laughs> you know improving yourself as a filmmaker yes i do think though i do i, I do think another big difference is uh, the faculty though mm-hmm. i i know that people have made that argument for uh for me in the past when i've asked them about those questions especially professors too i feel like professors are very much inclined to try to steer you towards grad school yeah um and uh, a lot of them said too, like, oh, oh, the relationships you form and the uh, the staff that helps you in there is kind of really like the main resource you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think like the faculty, um, because at school, like there are people who have been in the industry or like are still even working in the industry. Um, and there's a lot of things that I'm learning from them that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. And it is nice to be able to show them your own personal work and get their feedback on it, whether you agree with it or not all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> having a hub of like professors who are like there for you. Um, there are definitely some professors I've met where I was like, wow, they are amazing. <laughs> I love talking to them. I would go to their office hours and show them like whatever little project and just to get their feedback. And it honestly has been helping out a lot. For those of us who are not currently at grad school, uh, are we still like considering that? I know Harley, you've been talking about going for a while now, and you're feeling like you've really been pushed in that direction a lot. Uh, do you look at you know people you know in grad school and think like, oh yeah, that's for me? Well, okay, so so I think here's the hard part for me is that like uh, I just I I always like to get all perspectives, all viewpoints opinions that kind of stuff before i make any of my own decisions mm-hmm. so i i've had a lot of conversations with people in grad school and oddly enough i feel like grad school um is kind of strange in the sense that it kind of works the same way as the military where all the friends that i that have gone into it just say don't do it it's really hard <laughs> <laughs> but then everybody just wants to get into it and then after you're out of it you're like oh it was the best four years of my life <laughs> you know and uh, we hear that a lot from our professors too mm-hmm. um for me though, I, I feel like I'm I'm down the middle because I think right now it's such an uncertain time for people to start school. Definitely. Uh, and I, you know, I, that's a whole other topic we can get into later. But I mean, like in general, for me personally, um, the funds, Kayla, like you were saying, like are a big thing about grad school. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the funds, don't feel bad about it. Just don't go for a little bit and just go later. Um, I'm gonna try to put myself in incredible debt <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. to try to go. But uh, you know, is it gonna be worth it? hopefully if i don't get in though um i'm still okay because my plan is exactly what you guys were talking about earlier i think uh as long as i think you really practice at what you want to do you continue making stuff learn what you did wrong the first time do it better the second time and just make yourself better and then little by little find those people who can help you grow you know if it's not staff then hopefully it'll be a director who's a little more experienced than you or something you know so i I mean personally i can go either way i'm still gonna try but uh, I think, like Kayla was saying, I don't know what's going to happen after that, but I'd like to see. Uh, just because I think I am going to wait a year 
uh, for me to get into it, just because I want to wait until COVID's completely over with and until this whole tuition scandal is really taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those are two both very big things that are mm-hmm. making a decision like that a little bit scary and definitely uncertain. Mm-hmm. Chris. And I, I know a lot of people are in the same place. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talked about waiting a year. Chris, you were also really big into the idea of grad school. You decided to wait a year. It's been about a year it's now. It's been about a year now. <laughs> well, yeah, where are you with that? Apps already do, unless I go to a online yeah. private school. So technically, it's two years at this point. Um, I go back and forth. I was literally talking about this today at work with some of my coworkers. Is like, I think it's really determinant on lot one. For me and Riverside Studios, because, you know, I feel like personally, from my experience at UCR, just me, um, I feel like I was kind of gypped out of uh, several things that I wish I could have done um, for various reasons that I do not feel like getting into. (laughs) But at the same time, I feel like I was very fortunate to get the opportunities that I did receive because I was gypped or for lack of a better word, gypped from other things, if that makes sense. So like, I definitely would not be where I am today if I wasn't given the opportunities that I was given inside of our shorts. Um, and I definitely probably wouldn't be as close with you guys if it wasn't for our shorts. I have gone back and forth between online and you know, going to a university because I really like the on-campus feel. I would say definitely winter corridor of my last year at UCR. I was that was where I was like, no, I want an on-campus experience because I love the on-campus thing. Then the last quarter at UCR came around and I was like, fuck this. I hate college. It's a bunch of bull crap. <laughs> and screw this. I'm doing online college. Because something that I feel like we missed out at at UCR, I don't know, Kayla, going into grad school if you want to bounce off this, is I feel like we were definitely trained on how to do low-budget to no-budget filmmaking and generally taught how to actually make film and how it works. But I think something we missed out on was the clerical side of things. The actual to-the-book, how do you do this job? How do you do each of these jobs to the T with like the lookbooks and um, all the paperwork and stuff. So I feel like that is a big area where I am lacking. Um, And that's why I've been looking into more online schools because a lot of the online schools, since it is online, have to do with those processes. Yeah. Can I ask real quick then, Uh, Kayla, how do you feel about online grad school? You've had to do it. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, Christian, at all. I just, that's a general question that I have. No, I think that this is a pretty good way to transition forward. Cause, Great, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, Kayla, what's your opinion on online grad school? Um, it's not the worst. It's not the worst, okay. but it's not the best. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the situation, everyone had to adapt. And so, for me, personally, I am not mad at the way my faculty had to handle it. I think most of my professors handled going along very well, where I felt like I was getting the same experience as I would in a classroom. Definitely not for everything though. Um, For something like filmmaking, 
I feel like where you learn the most is the hands-on experience. And one of my classes, we were on a live set. That was part of our class. We were on our live set. We were working with each other. We were setting up lights. And that is very different. Um, we're not working with actors like we used to, you know? There is something that is a little bit lost. And I think it is hard to say because it kind of goes into, like, what are you personally looking towards? So I feel like someone like Chris, where you do have lot one, you do have a hub of people and access to equipment, learning online, you can get the, the clerical information that you want to learn, and then you can still practice those things. And I think mm -hmm. something like that is, yeah, it's beneficial because it's essentially the same thing. Because what we're losing out on having to go online is that in-person experience. And we've definitely done a lot, like, you know, like a lot of being on sets, um, with everything with COVID um, has pushed back our films. I mm -hmm. was supposed to be done with a whole other film by now, but yeah. we were stopped in pre-production because of all this. And so, yeah, it is weird. Like, I'm not mad at everything. I'm still learning and I feel like I've still learned a lot. Um, I've had to write more content, which was really good. I had to do a lot more analysis work, which I feel like is beneficial. So I don't feel like it's been a complete waste. I do know I have learned a lot but you are missing out on that onset experience. And I think that's where the most learning comes from. You've still learned, but do you feel like you've learned the same amount and the same quality uh, as opposed to like the previous quarter or semester, whatever it is for you guys? Is it quarter, quarter or semester? Uh, we're on semester system. <laughs> okay, so do you feel like you got as much out of this semester as the previous one, even if it might have been in different things, or no. is it the other way around? No, I def I, the quality is definitely not the same, um, mainly because we couldn't work on sets with each other. And one big thing about going to school is so you can like meet new people and like meet, learn how to work with other people, you know? And we're losing that, so definitely no, because we, there's so many more opportunities for us of us being on set. One of my friends, um, he's a he's a fellow director. His name is Raghav. We were gonna um, he was gonna be my AD, and I was so excited to work with him because we've never worked with each other before. But now we don't get that opportunity, so I lost out on that chance of learning of like how he works as an AD, and I lost the opportunity of me beginning to see the chance of how he works as a director and being on his set. I lost the chance of watching other directors at work and analyzing what they do that works or doesn't work or seeing other cinematographers and their process to see like, oh, maybe I want to try working with them next time. So let me clarify really quick. When I said mm -hmm. that like, oh, I like something I missed out on you started was the clerical work and this has yes. kind of pushed me to do more online is I would personally, I would never choose a school like Chapman University and only do online. If I'm gonna do an online program for film, I'm going to go to a school where that program was completely 100% built around the online platform. Yes. Because that's the situation we're in. If, if I was gonna apply to Chapman, hell yes, I'm gonna want the same experience Kayla is looking for and that she was just talking about, where I get to go on these sets with professional equipment and mm -hmm. do film, see how others work and learn in that experience so that's also why i've kind of like looked at COVID and been like okay 
do I want to take this opportunity to do an online program with like national where their film programs, a lot of clerical stuff, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Or do I want to take this opportunity to apply to a place like Chapman for not this up uh, next school year? Cause it's too late for that. But then the following school, school year, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, uh, and it's been touched on a couple of times here and there throughout the conversation, but one of the, really key factors when choosing a school, I think especially a grad school over probably any other level of education. I mean, maybe like PhD or whatever, uh, but it's identifying your own educational needs and finding out like what school, what university, what institution is actually going to be able to like give you what you need. Kayla sees a lot of value in, you know, getting access to that like active in-person community getting down and dirty on set and like learning watching the people around you that are also masters of their elements and getting to just absorb all of that information versus you know chris already has access to a lot of that stuff maybe not exactly the same uh kind of experience or exactly the same kind of like community or environment or whatever uh but he does you know we have that and you know something that we're missing is maybe just the education on how best to organize that how best to you know transition that from what it is to something much larger um basically take lot one from a company that like occasionally does some stuff to like a big almost like conglomerate of uh, production and uh having just as many as many pots in the pot in the fire as possible. I don't. You know, that I wasn't exactly right. an analogy. Go ahead. You could say anything. You. I think you got it right, Christian. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, I I agree. Is is my opinion has definitely changed because we have lot one specifically. Oh no, most. I mean, that's the whole reason we started lot one is yeah. so we could yeah do stuff right, and so that when our cool friends who graduate from grad school and finally <laughs> have their you know. Their, uh, their stuff down wants to come and make a film with us. They totally can. Well, well me, it's the opposite. It's I'm going to let them create the network since I'm already in their network. <laughs> and then I don't have to spend the money on grad school to make that network. And then they can just get me a job. You know? Yeah, we just get invited to like pilot filmings, even if it's only as background characters. And then we just kind of like, hey, hey what, what are you guys doing over here? Yeah, yeah. That's so, a nice camera you're working character. with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... Um, one thing is just like for me i do enjoy bringing like obviously like other riverside people and getting them to network because obviously like you're only as strong as the people around you yeah and mm -hmm. the bit the stronger the network you can build together and helping out each other that that's what's going to get you there because the film is definitely not one person it's a team mm -hmm. and the more you can kind of like build your group and like yes you rise together and that's what's gonna like build your army <laughs> yeah and i remember one thing one of my professors said is he goes you guys need to be supportive of each other because your degree is only your degree is valued as much as everyone is mm. success uh i'm saying i'm totally butchering this but you know what i'm getting at like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I what you're if everyone else in your class is successful that means more for your degree and that helps you out more because obviously mm. like if it's just one person then like yeah that's cool but if it like, adds whole... value to your degree thank mm -hmm. you <laughs> yeah it's like yes, it's the commencement yes. speech all of the um mm -hmm. 
they always give during commencement where it's like, we're going to continue to build value on your degree, even though you're gone. But that means you need to help out, too. You know, yeah. I mean, having a commencement must be nice, Chris. Yeah, actually, I think about that all the time. This time last year, I look at those. No, I'm serious. I look at those Snapchat yeah, videos yeah. we were doing Aww. while at commencement with all the film friends. And I go, shit, dude, I am so happy I got to have this moment. Yeah. Commencement yeah. was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Harley. Sorry, Harley. That's fine. I'm okay. I'm one of those it's I, I'm one of those give me my piece of paper kind of people anyways. Uh, They'll probably sh- have sure something for you guys at some point. But my mom, my mom is not one of those oh, people. No. She is very upset with UCR right now. Oh. oh yeah. I mean when I when we graduated I didn't particularly care about going to the ceremony. Mm-hmm. If it were just my decision I would just be like, eh, maybe. I don't really care that much. I'll go to the party afterwards for sure. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, like, I, I really feel like you don't go up on that stage for yourself very much, maybe a little bit, because that's, like, your moment of celebration, your moment of standing up in front of everyone being like, oh, I actually I did something here. That's well, actually also, pretty yeah, important. Because yeah. when you're in it, you don't really get to see that. But more than that, I think that it's just, like, you share film with other people but you share the achievements in your life and in your education and in your career with the people that you're close to, your family and your friends. And that's what that moment is for. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going to be missing out on that. And that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And one thing, I don't know if I'm backtracking a little bit, but... Um, Go ahead. By all means. So one thing, and especially kind of with being at UCR, and UCR's film program was so new, it felt like all of us, um, we were part of building that foundation for everyone. The film mm-hmm. program's a lot different now than when we were in school. Um, no kidding. A lot of the film work we did, like we were learning on our own. We were trying to figure out on our own. Um, when Our Shorts was happening, because uh, I remember my first year as president for Our Shorts, I had no idea what I was doing. I've never even made a film before. And a lot of it was just kind of trial and error making mistakes on your own like you didn't really have that guidance of someone older showing you the ropes and I feel like that's where it is now because like Christian took over as president and like there's a lot stronger like foundation and he was able to figure out more things and like pave the way better for like the next group of people like and so we were those older older people for everyone else and Mm -hmm. one thing for me is it is cool to be a part of that, but a part of me was like, okay, I can't be doing this forever, you know? Yeah. I, like yeah. I mm-hmm. want someone to be the older person and guiding me, and I feel like that's what's going to help me kind of progress a little faster. Something that I feel like doesn't really exist uh, in our industry, I mean, it's probably some places for some people, but uh and maybe it's just as like indie filmmakers and not in la and not having a family connection or whatever it is like there's not really mentorship opportunities you get a little bit of that when you like talk to your professors or something and you can maybe have like ongoing conversations there and you get like 20 percent of like a a real mentorship experience Mm -hmm. but there's no like you know in the trades or whatever you work as like an apprentice i would totally be down to be like an apprentice uh, like editor or an apprentice uh, DP or something where I'm just like, you know, I'm not like necessarily like first camera or something. I am there 
to learn and hopefully operate somewhat as you know like directly under a really big name in that field and then also when i'm not doing that i go out i do my own things and then that person might show up and be like oh hey you know here are ways that you guys could improve you know what you're doing here uh you know they could give me a lot of feedback along the way uh and you can get a little bit of that by reaching out to people but there's not like a dedicated you know system for that in our field i feel like maybe we're missing out on a little bit of something there well christian if i may um yeah. so i think the closest thing that we get to it because yeah i think you're i think you're right we don't have apprenticeships like you know unfortunately uh, but I think what we do get, though, is the more sets you go on, we, we, we started talking about it earlier, and I've, this is definitely my experience. I think getting to be on a set that you definitely don't belong on <laughs> as, like, the AD mm-hmm. or, like, as, like, the camera assistant or something like that, I think is its own kind of process. Because I think filmmaking in general, yes, it is very much a group thing, but I think for anybody who wants to be a director or for anybody who wants to write or do any kind of those solo uh, kind of, you know, individual jobs, I think... If your goal is to be a gaffer and you go on as many sets as you can as a key grip or as a grip and you just work with better gaffers than you, I think over time, especially if you're a sociable person, you do get that that type of not direct mentorship, but I would say experience that you could also get. Definitely. And actually you saying that makes me think like I'm talking about a very classical, almost medieval type of mentorship (laughs) where you know you train under a person and you kind of learn their style and maybe adapt it a little bit but then you you know progress that forward into the next generation until you take your own uh like mentees at some point but maybe because film is such a collaborative medium versus a lot of other art forms or trades or whatever it is maybe we don't really need that kind of thing because it's it's a community uh like endeavor and so it should be like a community taught thing where you learn by hanging out with a bunch of people and learning from a bunch of people and conglomerating all of their knowledge and styles into what ends up shaping you and your vision and your career yeah maybe maybe that's it (laughs) uh bringing it back onto topic a little bit we know that you're not terribly bothered by going online um and they're doing the best that they can over at chapman to make the best of an awful situation here. Uh, but how is everyone else at your school reacting? So it has been crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm definitely someone who likes to try to look on the brighter side of things. Um, maybe it makes me feel better about paying so much money to go there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I just like being positive. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it has definitely been there's definitely been an uproar because we pay so much to go to the school and there are some things where we are getting the value by being on sets and our professors tell us all the time like in the industry people like Chapman students apparently but it's because like they work on so many sets like oh like you have so much set experience like you know some of the like techniques and etiquettes a little better that's kind of why I personally chose to go to Chapman was the guarantee of making so many films, getting to work with so many people. The things I was looking forward to the most was the big collaborative work, which has kind of pushed everything back. And I know that's what everyone else has been fairly upset with as well. 
just wondering like are we gonna get that same in person like you know and that's what we're paying for and so the biggest complaint everyone has has is money we're not Mm -hmm. getting the same amount of the same quality of schooling and i know our professors are trying their hardest to keep that but it's not the same and people are like we're paying so much so like that's the biggest issue is money because many money is hard for everyone and for some people whether you're on loans or whether you're paying out of pocket that's affecting you like everyone's kind of contemplating like can my money be spent elsewhere you know and so there has been we've actually had like a lot of discussions like all the all our classmates like all our directors like we all constantly talk to each other about like well what are your plans what are you guys thinking because again like if half the people decide to leave school that affects us you know because we're missing out on all those people and Mm -hmm. it's just been a big kind of circle of a conversation because no one really knows what's happening and what the future lies for us and that kind of makes it hard and i think the uncertainty is what causes so much like anxiety in everyone let me uh hit you with an idea then so everyone sounds really concerned about basically the the value they're getting for their dollar Mm -hmm. at this school they all went to chapman because they accepted i'm going to be paying this much money and getting this as a result Mm -hmm. uh so maybe the simplest thing to do would just be like give you guys a refund percentage or something i know a lot of schools have been doing that certainly not all of them although many more probably should what if for you guys instead of refunding uh what you have now if they just said okay uh for everyone's you know like final project their thesis films we're just going to like double the budget that we give you that would Would, be would you guys think (laughs) that that was good oh for me personally i'd be like oh hell yeah (laughs) 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 give me more money please we need money like making films ain't cheap (laughs) y'all like we know trust Mm -hmm. there has been a lot of discussion because uh unfortunately for our school because we are part of chapman because there's dodge college which is the film school but then like chapman as a whole and they're like nah tuition staying the same y'all and so Mm -hmm. one thing that i do like about my school is that they're having these open conversations with us so one thing we proposed was like okay well if people are upset about not getting the same amount of money back like can there be more grant opportunities that you guys can give to us and so they're definitely looking into ways um because yes money is the biggest thing so if they want to give us more money i'm gonna say yes (laughs) so i always i think that um i think that's kind of like the the bigger issue too of like i mean it's not just chapman it's all the colleges um but at the same time you also have to think on the end of like okay well if you have a lower tuition i mean chapman's a private school but if you lower tuition at like a school like ucr all the professors are still staffed all the all the people facility peoples are probably still working maintaining the grounds and stuff so it's like the second you start slashing tuition they still have property taxes unless the government like assists the school in some way or form it would hurt the school in the long run so there may not even be a school for that for students to go back to once covid's over so what do you do do you shut down the school and just stop all you know teaching or do you continue to charge the same you know maybe you could cut a few things here or there but like 
it's everyone's hurting so what are you going to do are you going to make the the students have to continue to pay the same so the teachers aren't hurting or cut tuition and start cutting teachers you know it's um if if i could chris uh so i mean like you're definitely right though i mean it's not only chapman it's uh and it's not only the uc system which we're used to too you know it's the uh csu system and you know we're talking about specifically california here uh new york film academy everybody is facing such a hard time with this you know you know as uh you know former students or students already um you know we tend to look at it from our perspective but at the same time you know covid19 is affected everyone in major ways and this includes college campuses they're really not made to not have students on them even all their additional revenue is made on campus it's it's actually pretty hard for them to be closed and this is where we find ourselves in kind of a weird place is because most schools surprisingly guys are bankrupt (laughs) Mm -hmm. they don't have the money to support themselves and that's why our tuition is still as high as it is because if if all of us all at once decided you know what we're not paying it, then bam, like Chris said, we don't have a school to come back to because we are literally the school. But, you know, and then on a moral dilemma, how do we make sure that we get our own standard of education? What we're paying if for. If we're not even, it, yeah. it, what we're paying for if we can't do that. But we can't have a school to teach us if we don't keep paying our normal rates. And they can't afford to give it back to us. They really can't. As, as At a last... At last resort, uh, the U.S. government at least could take care of, like, the UC system and the CSU system, but there's no way that all the private schools would be able to, you know, hold themselves. My, uh, I have people going to USC who are telling me the same thing. A friend at the New York Film Academy just said drop out because they wouldn't lower tuition. It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely... Kayla, is your experience... Yeah? Um, I think that's the reason for me, like, personally, like, I... There's been a big conversation about like oh having tuition lowered and i was like i don't know how realistic that is um would i be mad about it no <laughs> obviously i want to spend less money personally but um like i feel like it works on such much on a bigger scale that i don't fully understand i think that's kind of why my outlook is a little more optimistic on it because like everyone's affected by this and it's not going to be perfect for me personally i am still getting a better opportunity at this school and still learning more than not even being in school at all and I think at the end of the day that's why it does kind of come down to like personal like if you have the money to make your own movie elsewhere then like that's cool I don't have those resources you know (laughs) like my school is still trying very hard like to promise that we're, we are still going to make some sort of films you know and whether that means having some lecture classes online I'm fine with that because I feel like I'm still learning and for me personally yeah it sucks but everyone's like it's not just us it's everyone and I think you can either be upset about it or you can kind of try to find ways to adapt to it they say that this uh that these extensions that most schools might be looking at holding them out until 2021 just to you know just to play safe since schools are such a big international hub for Mm -hmm. people to kind of meet up from different parts of the U.S., that kind of stuff. If this somehow impacted your thesis film, then would you say you have an issue? Because I know that you probably have some friends that are maybe uh, a year older mm-hmm. or like a year further in the program or something like that. And I'm like, this is probably affecting them in some strange ways. Yeah. So, I mean, for anybody out there who might be facing those kinds of issues, kind of, what's your... The one thing for on us that? is that they... Cause so, part of my program is we have to make these they're called cycle films so we have two films we make before our thesis 
and we cannot make one without the other so if we can't make our cycle films we can't make our thesis we have to go through those first two films before we even do that so in some way shape or form we are going to make our films still and i think that's what keeps me like a little more positive and whether that's we have to wait a year after we graduate to finish those films like for our schools like we will be making these films so we are still guaranteed to have these two projects before our thesis and we may not be able to do the independent study films the like extra films that you have the opportunity to get and that kind of sucks but we are still guaranteed so at the end of the day and at the end of my degree i will have a thesis film see that's a good attitude that that was mm-hmm. that was my question was do you think that like you could see a program come up where it's like okay well while you were here technically learning you can do your thesis film but uh we're gonna guarantee you once you graduate that okay you're gonna get a block of time where you're allowed to have all the equipment you can have a small budget you can have this sound stage whatever it is and then they're like okay then you can make your thesis film do you think that's a possibility that they could do yeah, and that's something that they've kind of like talked to us about was um, if our timelines do kind of get messed up, then because we can't graduate until we make our thesis. Mm. And so mm-hmm. there's been, I, apparently there's been like things in the past where like people stayed an extra semester, don't get charged for it necessarily because of like whatever reasons, and then you still mm. make your film. So interesting. For us, so that's what they're saying for now. Um, for now, Obviously, they're trying to, like, work around it and adjust it. But if anything, like, we might just have to film it later than we had hoped. Mm-hmm. But again, this is all information. I just kind of know. <laughs> I, well, I think you're definitely better off in a semester system than you are a quarter system because semester yes. system starts further in the year. Oh, yeah. So you oh, yeah. you have that buffer of summertime to where, what, your semester starts in August. So hopefully, fingers crossed, by then it'll be better in a situation you know so july 13th that's when we get to know again so let's keep our fingers crossed yeah and i know something that has been a big concern for other students was like what restrictions will we have when making these films are we allowed a certain amount of actors how big can our crews be like does it matter like what can our actors do with each other can they like sit next to each other do do they have to be distanced and so one thing that we're looking to see is like, how does the industry handle going about filmmaking? Because the industry is a big, like it's a yeah. big thing. And like, it's messed up right now. Exactly. So, and so, well, I know Gov- governor Newsom on tomorrow, cause tomorrow's Monday, right? He's going mm-hmm. to announce the requirements for the industry here in California. Sweet. So there's an update on that. I know that people have been playing it really safe so far, so it's like the ones that I have seen. Uh, it has a very limited crew. Uh, everybody's required to wear masks on set, hand sanitizer, everybody wears gloves so that they don't touch the actual equipment. Um, and then all actors are supposed to be six feet apart from each other. So you, you see a lot of people playing with their cinematography now with their angles and their depth of field to make it look like people are actually closer than they are. And that's actually a pretty cool, a pretty cool little way. I saw this uh, this little post on Instagram, uh, but they had like a doctor's commercial, and they were literally rooms apart. But when they edited it together, because they had a green screen behind them, they just pulled them on closer. And so that's how I know a lot, some people have been in the industry at least accustomed, like getting accustomed to it. Yeah, I, know I could see that definitely being 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I know for me, the restrictions, I'm not too worried about it. I do kind of like the idea of like having a challenge of making a film work with stuff like that. I, it doesn't mean like just because we have restrictions doesn't mean we can't tell any story at all. Like we can still mm-hmm. tell stories. You just have to get a little creative and you might come up with something that you liked even better. Just kind of looking at some films that like, oh, those could have been filmed in this time and would have been fine. And so for me, it's just, I would like to know like, what are my restrictions? And then that way I can challenge myself and see what I could come up with. And I think that whatever the restrictions end up being, they'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, people are gonna have to find creative ways to deal with them. Uh, we work in a creative industry, so you know, that's just kind of par for the course. It's yeah. all about problem solving with whatever resources you have available. Um, so it's not going to be that different, but kind of off of what Harley said, uh, talking about just like actors in different rooms in front of green screens, it kind of reminded me of um, uh, a picture I saw of Gandalf on set of the Hobbit movies. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> original Lord of the Rings, yeah, he like cried because he was just in like a green room <laughs> surrounded by no humans and having to act off of that and he was just like this isn't this isn't what i came to do this isn't film this isn't why i got into acting yeah and so i imagine that for the most part any restrictions or whatever it is they'll probably be temporary for the most part until things are pretty clear um but you know during that time most of it probably won't do that to anyone but i really hope that you know there aren't restrictions in place that kind of make it not fun not what people got into it for because that would be kind of worst case scenario for me i just think it'll be some time until we see a a crowd that's not cgi Mm -hmm. animated anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. and hopefully they don't look there uh, hopefully they don't look like they're in a guitar hero three or (laughs) i mean exactly (laughs) my bigger concern is that they don't do this decide that they like it and then this is the new standard oh god yeah this this is the new standard because they're like oh we can we can get films made with smaller crews because we're not allowed to have as many people there. Well, I guess we're just gonna you know fire half of the people that work <laughs> in our field. That sounds fun. Then you save half the budget. I mean, maybe then they make twice as much, uh, twice as much like movies and stuff. Or, or the director makes twice as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they make the exact same amount of things for the exact same amount of money. And either some of that disappears into some executive pocket, or it all just goes to like, ah, it costs three million dollars to like have somebody on set to like to make sure something. that our actors never get within five feet of each other. <laughs> a new mm. person on set. What was it? The COVID police. Uh, was it? Yeah. COVID administrator. Yeah. I mean, I like the sound of there that. might be like one position that's fairly new is like the intimacy coach that they mm-hmm. have on set oh, oh yeah, yeah. i want to get my certification for that mm-hmm. and so like i think there might be a new position for someone who keeps an eye on that because like you do have to keep like mm-hmm. keep out for like the health of your actors and stuff uh so uh one last little point before we take the podcast into outros uh is there anything that you're doing kayla or anyone else although the rest of us have kind of talked this to death already. Uh, is there anything that you're doing during uh, COVID and it interrupting your schooling to help offset the loss that you're getting in your filmmaking education and career? Um, well, for me, I 
honestly been watching a lot of TV and movies. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think, although it does help with school because like we are practicing our like analysis work a little more, it is helping me understand why I like like certain films. What is it about them I like or dislike? How can I incorporate that into my films? So just kind of having time to kind of think about that. Um, having time to write. Um, earlier I mentioned to you guys like when we were talking for fun. <laughs> um, since we couldn't go film something, I was able to write a script that I knew I wouldn't have been able to film for the class project. But since it was just a script, I kind of was able to write anything and I actually really liked it. <laughs> and so like a new story kind of popped out because of it, just because I did have to sit and force myself to write. And so that's something that I enjoyed seeing. And I think it's also nice, just this is the time to kind of like sit back and reconnect with others. As much as we love it to be all about filmmaking, (laughs) there's more like connections that we have with people who aren't necessarily involved. So like just engaging with like your family and friends kind of like brings you back to kind of like finding your own persona and just kind of reconnecting because that's, where your true like that's where your stories are gonna lie is your connection with people and so it's just a good time to kind of reconnect with others it sounds like a big part of your approach to uh this crisis not even not only in just like reconnecting with family but also your approach to uh how they're you know trying to make your schooling as good as possible mm-hmm. is just kind of accepting everything for what it is making the best uh out of what you have available you know, never losing hope for a brighter tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the key is very early on. People always ask, did I ever have like, am I freaking out? When did I have that like emotional moment? It was like one day and I was just like, okay, well, I accept this is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. The best thing I can do is stay informed and move on with my life and adapt. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. There's been days where it's been a lot, you know, like just kind of, Mm-hmm. letting it overwhelm you but I think that is kind of part of this whole process is like not being afraid to kind of delve into those emotions when it does arise but also being able to just kind of like yeah like at the end of the day you just gotta do what you gotta do Sorry. you know <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, okay well a podcast with a lesson I'm glad <laughs> that we have one of those on the books uh yeah so i guess that's basically it for this week does anyone have any final words uh you're our first guest kayla so if you want to if you want to like pitch yourself or uh chill out for your sponsors or something plug yourself (laughs) do whatever you got to do shameless plugs um all right i'm gonna say my last words will be these times are hard so whether you are having a time whether you're struggling it's fine there's no right way to kind of go about a time like this like do whatever you need to do for you and make sure you're just taking care of you that's kind of the biggest thing um so yeah sending love out there hopefully everyone has some good vibes (laughs) um yeah if check out the trailer coming soon it's complicated so stay tuned for that i'm excited for everyone to see that it's been a long time but it's gonna be cute Check out my Vimeo if you want to watch my student films. <laughs> <laughs> How do we find your Vimeo? Um, that is a good question. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. one thing you can It'll do... It'll be in the link in the description. 
Yeah, it'll be in the description for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can also uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm Kayla G22. K A I L A G 22. I have a link to some random film in my Vimeo there. Check it out there. Follow me. Don't follow me. Whatever. But yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have a question, Kayla. Really yes. quick. Uh, what films from Lot One is your name on? <gasps> oh, yeah. go check out the delivery. It's That's a really on... good one. Yes, it's a good one. That was a project we had to make for class a couple years ago. We had so much fun with that. Um, got a hole in my door from that. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Uh, and what um, else? You know, I have that. Her? The return? I have that on the return. Yeah, well Help me you... out. You were second AD. Stop. <laughs> you you see that that party sequence? I was the person uh, who said, "Okay, people, stand here and dance." <laughs> <laughs> we all know the star of that party scene was Rocky, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rocky with the energy. <laughs> yeah, go check out. Go check out the return. Go check out the delivery go check out you know what just go check out the page go check out everything um check yeah, out absolutely shameless plugs shameless plugs we recommend everybody do it yeah yes go l- look at all our individual works go look at all our collective works <laughs> we actually guarantee you'll be healthier because of it <laughs> i have another final easy question one recommendation of what to watch right now <gasps> Ooh, that's a good one Ooh. I'm gonna go first. Community. It's in the background of my video. Look oh. at Donald Glover. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. no, Look at Joel McHale. I'm gonna recommend everyone go watch uh, Never Have I Ever. It's on Netflix. I Ooh. am mm-hmm. obsessed with that show. I've watched it five times throughout. Um, I recommended it on another podcast <laughs> literally <laughs> yesterday. Um, and I am absolutely in love with that show. That show has inspired me. And it's saving 2020 for me, y'all. Go watch it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Check it out, please. It's a good recommendation. (laughs) Harley? Oh, uh, I've been watching Midnight Gospel on Netflix. It's a new original show from uh, Pendleton Ward, I think it is, the guy that made Adventure Time. Uh, It's nuts. Um, And then uh, I've been watching Hell on Wheels. So if you guys are Cowboys... I watched that when it came out on TV. Thank you. It's a good piece it of film. So, so freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. So freaking good. But yeah, those are those are my two recommendations. I recommend everyone, including kids and adults, need to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender on Netflix. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. That is yeah, yeah. such good storytelling. But not just that. You should show your kids because one, it's a cartoon. Two, it's a really good cartoon. And three, uh, the themes that it teaches, it teaches about sexism, tyranny, acceptance. acceptance. It's it literally covers the whole spectrum of things for your children. So you should definitely, it's definitely cool. show your children it. Mm-hmm. That's how we all got to be as cool as we are, everybody. Yeah, because that one <laughs> show, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, have you seen The Last Airbender? Um, I used to watch it a little bit when I was younger, but it's it's been a hot minute, y'all. You you should you you should watch it. 
guess that's not the worst thing you could have said in response to my question, but you should definitely go and watch that. Yes, I'll I'll re I'll recat I'll catch up I'll catch up myself. Cause... All you have to do is basically watch the M Night Shyamalan movie. No, uh, <laughs> do not watch that. There's nowhere. To so on here. that note. Uh, that is going to bring this week's episode of The Backlot with Lot 1 to a close. Thank you, beautiful people, all for listening. And have a wonderful and safe next two weeks before the next episode comes out. Check us out on the Instagram, the YouTube, the whatever other things we're on. And good night. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.